Welcome to the Bible Breakdown. It's a black man and woman in America who no longer identify as believers. This show contains adult languages, themes, and isn't meant for children. As black people, we respect the history of the black church in America, but its current state is massively abusive and we think the Bible might be part of the problem. Listen and let us know what you think. Peace. Uh, welcome back to the Bible Breakdown. I'm your host, Kat. And I am TK. Hello, TK. Um, we're back uh, to review the New Revised Standard version of the Bible because we don't necessarily believe that this is the inerrant Word of God. Yes, that is correct. And so far, the evidence is pointing towards not written by a God, but probably just some dehydrated shepherds. <laughs> um, yeah, you continue to give them nice little um, descriptions. I think it's important to paint a picture because it doesn't lend credibility. I have far been convinced that we should not um, follow maybe stuff that people who did not have the experiences that we're having. Maybe maybe we don't follow the things completely to the T that they did. I mean, I just think that's ridiculous. It's kind of like the uh, the argument of who's better between Jordan and LeBron James. I mean, one is dependent on who we're talking, what we're talking about, but also like. Michael Jordan never had to play against the types of teams that LeBron James had to play against. Wait, um, I'm gonna have to back up because what's the metaphor here? Is LeBron James the Bible? Le- LeBron or God? James is us now, and okay, Jordan would be the people of the past. Like, the- I don't like that metaphor at all. Michael Jordan's way better than it would have to be. Like the, the, again, name a sucky basketball player. Because these weren't the greatest, because in this metaphor, even if we went back in time, because you're just saying like Michael Jordan was the best for his time, but these people who wrote this weren't the best people for their time. I would disagree. Why would you disagree with that statement? Because I already said it, one, it depends on what we're talking about, two, so that lends itself to perspective, two, Let's just this talk is, about this morals was, because it's supposed to be a moral book. Because in your metaphor, we're talking about basketball. Because it wasn't like Michael Jordan was great at everything. He was just great at basketball. So this is a book about morals. And I'm saying that the people at this time weren't the best at morals because there were societies parallel at that time who didn't participate in genocide, human sacrifice, rape. Like they weren't the best morally for their time. They claim to be, but yeah, they I wasn't making that argument at all. I was making the argument. You of just, kind of, you no? said they were the best for their time. What were they the best the, at at their time? Well, there could be an argument that since that's all they knew, by default, that's the best because that's what no, it's going not. About. What you that's why we educate ourselves. We know very well that what we know at the time isn't the best. So that doesn't qualify. I'm just trying to make sure you just like just think what you're saying because they weren't the best at anything. Except maybe killing. Okay. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> but that's what I'm just saying. It's an uneven metaphor because these people weren't the Michael Jordan of anything. 
I would argue that the Catholic Church is the Michael Jordan of a lot of shit because they have all the accolades and everything. I mean, we talk all the time about how they are number one for a reason in the world. I would say that that would would be an even metaphor if Michael Jordan just talked about being the best at basketball while raping kids instead of actually going to practice. So to me, but to me, I'm just getting upset because it's an insult to Michael Jordan. Like, and I'm not even a huge Jordan fan, but I'm a fan of work and he wanted to be good at basketball and he was really good at basketball. The Catholic Church is supposed to be a force for moral good in the world, and they say they are, but they're not. Yeah, but I think they still, it can be argued that they have an obsessive behavior where they want to not necessarily be good at something, but they definitely want to rule people or dominate people, and they kind of have succeeded at that. I'm not arguing that point. I'm just saying they're not good at the thing that they claim they're good at. But, Whereas Michael Jordan was good at the thing he claimed. But he was my good argument at. wasn't about being good or not being good or being moral or not being moral. When I made the comparison, I was saying that essentially sometimes you have to let go of certain elements of the past to allow the future to grow. And in in the sports world, for the people who are familiar with that, a lot of people still cannot let go of allowing Michael Jordan to be the greatest basketball player ever, even though LeBron James has been greater for longer. So that was the comparison I was making. Now, if you're saying it's not a perfect metaphor, okay. I'm not but, saying it's, I'm just saying it's not a, it's not a parallel. I don't believe in perfect metaphors. I'm just saying it's not a parallel metaphor because um, you're giving a lot of credit to these people who I just think, um, killed all of the people who were against them and I don't think that that makes you I mean like I said like they might have been the best at killing people but I don't think those are the people we should be taking our morals from but I that is exactly what I'm also saying cool. just in a different way cool I'm just saying don't insult Michael Jordan like that he's okay. he was better I don't know that he was <laughs> once again if we're just going to talk about work ethics like you should work if you're going to say like i'm the best this of all time which the bible claim like the bible adherents and fans are claiming this is the best book of all time you should be like in so far none of the evidence is pointing towards this was written by people who had any idea what good morals were but then again, that kind of lays, I feel like, credence to my argument because some people would argue, a lot of people might argue, that Jordan is not the best. And there's a lot of stuff to prove that he's not the best. I'm so, not saying, I'm not even saying like this wasn't just the best. This wasn't even on the list of things that are good. And with Michael Jordan, you can't leave him off the list of things that are good at basketball okay and like the i'm saying like the bible it's not even it's not even on the list of yeah like there's not once again we i think that was on another episode where i was like what part of the bible inspired you and you're like there was something in there and it was like okay what was it and you couldn't remember and we never went back to it we didn't but i also i mean we've talked about this off air you've constantly been like hey you should listen to the episodes you know previous to us 
um, going into a just new a episode. finished episode. Yeah. Well, so, no, I mean, no, no. I'm a, even. I'm not even saying that. Like, I don't but I'm making a point. To him, I'm about to make should. a point. So the point is, like, I'm not always one. You've had forty plus years of researching this and retaining it, and you grew up in a a more structured Christian environment than I did. So a lot of this already automatically sticks with you or you're familiar with. Even though I went to Catholic school, I didn't mind environment wasn't as strict other than going to school. Like outside of that, it was very loose. So like this is the first time I'm going to it. So if I'm not reviewing episodes each week and I'm not constantly taking notes or pre or previewing epi- uh, what we're going to read, stuff's not going to stick. So the lack of me being able to present, oh, there's some things in the moment, like I guess you can argue like, well, because you don't have the the argument right now, then you don't win the argument, which is fine. But that doesn't mean that like I didn't take some stuff out of it. It just means I couldn't think of it at the time. I think what I'm, I might be taking issue with is if you're going to make claims, you should have evidence. And you don't have to make claims. So that's the thing. Like if you don't have any evidence to back it up, that's fine. But then maybe don't make a claim. So but if you ask me a question, because your question was the answer can be I don't know. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's that's a that's a perfectly viable answer. I don't know, but it should be. But I believe I said I think there's something you was like, well, what is it exactly? And I was like, oh, well, I don't know at this time because I don't have the information. He was like, all right, well, it doesn't count. So, I mean, again, it's still said I believe of, you were inspired by something you like you don't remember. Like sometimes I feel like the nature of inspiration is, you know, like when we talk about like, oh, that theme from Star Wars inspired me. It's like, yeah, you know which one like there's this all these things where it's like, OK, well, it doesn't lead credence to I, it's hard for me to believe it was that inspirational if you can't remember it. Well, I think personally, I feel like David, for all his killing, murdering stuff, he gets shit done. So from that aspect, I do think that is kind of I'm about to make a Hitler reference. So do you do you admire Hitler? He got shit done. I think anybody who there's You're something about to go on to the be, record for saying no, you admire Hitler no, I, for getting shit done. Uh, what am I supposed to say? Like, there's what is that argument they made a few years ago when Kanye was like, uh, "You don't have to compliment this dude." That's the whole. I'm thing. not like, complimenting him, but you're throwing something. You're out saying the, David. No, you're saying you're throwing done something. Is not a compliment. I feel like this is low key. You're throwing something out there to like. That's like what the media does. Like they throw things out there to see we if somebody's going to. We are in the media. Bo- okay, we're but both you're media. Throw, but, but obviously, as somebody who knows me on a personal level clearly i'm not going around being like oh yeah hitler is admirable because he got shit done i'm also I'm not just wondering why I, there's this rec- reflex to defend the bible I'm, like that I'm to me not is not defending it or i David. just brought i just brought up a thing based off of what you said you asked me a question and i gave you an answer and you seem unsatisfied with the answer because you are I'm, repulsed by the thought of this book, which is fine. You yes. have every right to be be that way. And I'm I'm curious as to why you're defending it after what we've read. To me, that's why I'm not defending like, it. I made a point based off of what we were just talking about. You said name something in the Bible that mm-hmm. you thought was inspirational. And I was like, oh, well, I, I do think there's something about somebody that gets shit done. But I prefaced it with like 
He's a fucking murderer. Like that is that part is not admirable. But if you took well, him out of the, hold on. If you took him you out of that, if, what do I get out of that that I admire? No. What did David do when you're saying he got shit done? What was the shit he got done that you admire? I associate with what he's doing when you're in like a business setting. So him no, murdering. No, 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 no. Oh, okay, say, go, go ahead, go ahead. So him murdering. Him, him murdering people. I looked at like. Oh, that's the same thing that it could be attributed to like when businesses have a whole bunch of acquisitions of other companies. Like that's kind of how my where my brain with it with with it. So I was like, oh, he he gets stuff done. He's a he's a cunning bastard. Even in that example, because David wasn't like that makes capital. That's just a, once again, a very rightful like sort of accusation towards modern capitalism like the fact that you do business like an ancient warlord isn't a good thing. Like, I feel like you're kind of like contorting yourself to try to make a bad thing a good thing somehow. And sometimes things are just a bad thing. But I never said it was good. You said, what did I get from it? And that's what I got from it. And that was the relation I made in my mind was like, you should this go back and listen did. to this because you're kind of it's fine to just be like, hey, there's nothing good about David. He's not. a. Good I've guy. already said that. OK, but you said it's like you. But we'll go back and play it. Because once, like, mur- once you once you murder people and do all that, like that kind of negates, negates every everything other. else. Yeah, right. I, but I said guy. that at the thing. I said that at the beginning of this. Okay, but if so you wanted me to no pull something to, from it, if you want me to like pull something from like, it, well, I was like, all right, well, this is kind of what I got from it. I don't understand why that's hard to accept or understand. It's hard to accept or understand because you're still saying like, you know, you can say what you want about David, but he still got shit done. It's very reminiscent of people who are like, well, yeah, Trump sexually assaulted some people, but, you know, he just tells it like it is. It's like, no, this is just a clear and present danger. Like we don't have to backpedal and say something nice about this horrible person who's making our world world worse. Very similar to the fact that like what we're doing now talking about the Bible, nobody wants to talk about what's in here. I want to talk about it because I would like to prevent it happening in the future because this seems to be a pattern in human history that seems to happen over and over and over again. Like there's no reason to be like, hey, you know, David, because right now the David narrative is what's pushing a lot of violence in the world right now, even now, because people are like, well, David was chosen by God. He and he killed a bunch of people. So why is it bad when we do it now? I think when we and we've said this in multiple episodes, we've been doing this since the beginning. But I feel like often when we talk about these, we're arguing different points. I'm never on the side of murdering anybody or genocide or anything like that. But if you ask me a question and I'm able to relate it to something in my life, then I it allows me to have a certain perspective is I don't think we need to go out of our way to say something good about a bad book or a bad character within the book just because it's kind of like this idea of well there's both there's two sides to every story sometimes there's just the story like this was written by you know or these collections of stories were curated by power hungry women-hating, often dehydrated, illiterate people. And the it's, its standing in our world is misplaced just because human beings don't like change. So I think 
everything that we it's it's been such a force for bad I don't think there's any reason to try to put some good on it I believe you like there are nuanced things I'm sure David I will say the nice thing, he literally David, fucking did the thing where he sacrificed or not I'm sorry he didn't he gave the dude the land back or whatever the fuck the last that was literally the last chapter we read as to say that I was going to bring up the disabled guy that um was Saul or uh, not Saul what was Saul's grandson, Jonathan's son, um, who he had a really long name and I don't feel like looking it up right now. But yes, he gave him, but keep in mind, it's not like he gave him his land back, but keep in mind it was land he had conquered and took, you know, like it, it was just a, it's, it's a neutral, it's morally neutral. It's not, if you're just correcting something you did that was bad, that's not, positive that's just correcting your behavior you can't like claim that as like look at how awesome I am I gave that person money for their bumper I dented it's like I mean yeah that was the right thing to do but that doesn't make you an extraordinarily good person see I think okay so in you saying what you just said something popped in my head where I think part of the issue sometimes is that you're often arguing what's morally and or ethically right which because those are the Bible makes those claims. The people who are professing the Bible make those claims. So it's not it's not within the bounds of this, you know, milieu. Uh, OK, I forgot what that means. Um, Arena, like just when sort I'm, of area. When I'm looking at this, I'm looking at it from more of a fascination standpoint, because I think the story, David, whoever. The story is what makes it interesting and what makes people be able to look at it and pull it apart. We can, I mean, I feel like that. But you'll agree that's not the how most attractive people view the Bible. No, I would argue that most people are fat. They, they are drawn to the story because they feel like, albeit in, possibly incorrectly because their pastor is spinning them a certain way. But the story is what makes them be like, oh, uh, I can you know David in the lion's den. That's a story about inspiration. And that Daniel makes me feel like I can go, den. or Daniel in the lion's den. That makes me feel like I can go and uh, go against anything. Or the story of uh, with David and Goliath. That means I can overcome any. Like those things make people feel like they can be better than the sum of their parts. So therefore, like that is what's fascinating. You watch a Disney movie. People get so hung up on the romance, but they forget that life continues after you find your love. And okay, that, well, let's like, go back a little bit. Let's go back a little bit because you're. I I asked you. You're saying your your view of the Bible. I'm asking, is that how most people see the Bible? I'm gonna push back. I think a lot of people, like I said, we've we've already agreed. Most people don't even read this, so yeah. most people's are claiming that the Bible is the perfect word of God who claim to be Christians anyway. I'm not claim. I'm not at, you know, like that's why I'm pushing back because there's so many people who are constantly talking about how good this book is and it's not good. Like not even, it's not even morally neutral where it like did bad stuff and then came back and corrected the bad stuff. It's just bad. For me, that I guess. But what we've read so far, like I said, we haven't read the whole yeah. thing yet. But I'm just saying, with the evidence of what we've read so far, like 
it just to me it's 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 strange just to me to want to defend it but that's why there's two people on the show we have two opinions i don't but i don't even want to necessarily defend it i just like to bring alternative perspectives to it because and again the goal of this i think we are agreed perspective that you are well within your right to do that the goal of the show from what we've discussed is you want this to be a space where people who if i'm saying this wrong please correct me but people who are on the fence or feel like they don't have a place to turn to in certain um christian environments this is a place for people who are essentially no longer believers but can't really say they're not believers so this is somewhere they can turn to and i'm in agreement with that so i'm not necessarily defending it but i do want i think it's fair to break things down and discuss it i mean because if you're just on here to people who are just bible bashers i mean that's not really that interesting on it to me well that's my thing i'm like i'm just breaking it down like i feel like i give it its props when there's something nice i think um back when moses's brother or father-in-law told him he was working too much and divide up his work that was good advice but like i said that was you know several books into the bible um most of this stuff is just especially in samuel it's been a lot of just political it's it's been very reminiscent of game of thrones it's a lot of political infighting and even by their own account like this was just um this was genocide and like things that are still going on in our world and people like to pretend it was okay back then because they had the lord's endorsement but I think a lot of people just say that they you, there's no way to prove it or not prove it. So people just like the idea of I'm following the guy who's talking to God. I mean, yeah, but I think that comes from the standpoint of I mean, I think we're both in agreement with this. I mean, you've already said most people don't even read this. But also on top of that, I've said this before. People, I just think humans are naturally like I won't say lazy, but we definitely like the path of least resistance. It's so hard. It takes so much energy to constantly challenge the status quo and go into life and try to self-improve and do all these things. Like this is kind of a manual to how to kind of live your life, whether right or wrong. It's just like the default. So you can jump into this and it's like, all right, I already got that base covered. I don't have to worry about that. And I think for most people, a lot of people at least, that seems to satisfy them, seems to pacify them because life is already hard fucking enough. So it's like, I don't even want to have to think about that because once you get, once this is eliminated, once we get outside of this, then we get into this whole realm of, oh shit, I actually have to figure out what's morally, ethically right. I actually have to challenge, am I a good person? I actually have to consider other people's feelings and what I'm doing not just to a direct person in front of me, but how my impact is being felt indirectly across the world. So I don't think a lot of people want to do that work. But this is why at the end of every episode, I say, yeah, get help, get therapy. Yes, um, big time. All right, let's go ahead and dive into this and we'll see if we find anything um, that makes me say, oh, okay, the Bible's not that bad. So far, it's been pretty bad. The Ammonites and our... Arameans are defeated. Sometime afterward, the king of the Ammonites died, and his son Hanan succeeded him. 
David said, I will deal loyally with Hanan, son of Nahash, just as his father dealt loyally with me. So David sent envoys to console him to him concerning his father. When David's envoys came into the land of the Ammonites, the princes of the Ammonites said to their lord Hanan, Do you really think that David is honoring your father just because he has sent messengers with condolences to you? Has not David sent his envoys to you to search the city, to spy it out, and to overthrow it? So Hanan seized David's envoy, shaved off half the beards of each, cut their garments in the middle at their hips, and sent them away. When David was told, he sent to meet them, for the men were greatly ashamed. The king said, Remain at Jericho until your beards have grown, then return. <laughs> when the Ammonites saw that they had become odious to David, the Ammonites sent and hired the Arameans of Beth-Rehob and the Arameans of Zobath, 20,000 foot soldiers, as well as the king of Makkah, 1,000 men, and the men of Tob, 12,000 men. When David heard of it, he sent Joab and all the army with the warriors. The Ammonites came out and drew up in battle array at the entrance of the gate. But the Arameans of Zobah and of Rehob and the men of Tob and Makkah were by themselves in the open country. When Joab saw that the battle was set against him in both front and in the rear, he chose some of the men, he chose some of the picked men of Israel and arrayed them against the Arameans. Arameans. The rest of his men put he put in charge of his brothers Abishai and he arrayed them against the Ammonites. He said, if the Arameans are too strong for me, then you shall help me. But if the Ammonites are too strong for you, then I will come help you. Be strong and let us be encouraged for the sake of our people and for the cities of God. May the Lord do what seems good to him. So Joab and the people who were with him moved forward into battle against the Arameans and they fled before him. When the Ammonites saw that the Arameans fled and they likewise fled before Abishai and entered the city, then Joab returned from fighting against the Ammonites and came to Jerusalem. But when the Arameans saw that they had been defeated by Israel, they gathered themselves together. Hadadzizer sent and brought out the Arameans who were beyond the Euphrates and they came to Helim with Shobach, the commander of the army of Hedadar, at the head. Then it was told to David, he gathered all Israel together, crossed Jordan, came to Halam. The Arameans arrayed themselves against David and fought them. The Arameans filed before Israel, and David killed the Arameans, 700 chariot teams and 40,000 horsemen, and wounded Shobach, the commander of the army, so that he died there. When all the kings who were servants of Hadazar saw that they had been defeated by Israel, they made peace with Israel and became subject to them. So the Arameans were afraid to help the Ammonites anymore. Thanks be to God. So more killing, more more conquering. Uh, I don't know. Did you take anything from that? Because I got a. I did. Okay, go ahead. Um, I think that the um, the Ammonite king. Mm-hmm. who uh, listened to his advisors about humiliating David's envoys and cutting their beards and stuff. I think that I was the wrong at that. That was a wrong move. I think they were right to advise him to be suspicious of the envoys because David isn't like a touchy feely kind of guy where he's like, Oh, your dad died here. You know, here are some of my guys to make you feel better. I do believe J- David used that as a pretense to spy out the city because that's, 
That's his thing. That's all he does is raid stuff. So when, you know, I think they should have been more clever about it and pretended like they were happy to see the envoys, got them drunk, and then pretended to get drunk themselves so that they could pump them for information and feed them misinformation. That would have been my move. Mm. But, you know, violence is the last refuge of the incompetent, so I'm not surprised it came to this. Violence is the last refuge of the incompetent. I like that. Thank you. I got uh, that from Isaac Asimov. I feel like I've heard that name, but I'm confused. You have. Walter Isaacson. Isaac is Asimov was a, um, he was a famous sci-fi writer. He coined the term mm. robotics. Um, he's, uh, the guy who wrote iRobot. Oh, yeah. They're making and a sequel to that. I'm not sure how the fuck Will Smith is going to be back, but he'll be back. Hey, why not? And, um, but yes, he, he has some really, I'm going to give another great quote. Well, I don't know if this was from the books. This is definitely from the foundation series that was adapted from his books. And history is the ultimate weapon because it harnesses time itself. Hmm. which is why I think this is interesting to read. But yeah, this um, quickly devolved into violence when it could have just been handled with words. Well, according to Bard, our third co-host, <laughs> um, the, the, key ex- the key themes of this are the importance of loyalty and respect. David's actions are motivated by a desire to avenge the insult that was shown to his messengers. This highlights the importance of loyalty and respect in the ancient world. The power of God. David's victories are ultimately attributed to the power of God. This is a recurring theme in the book of of 2 Samuel. And then the consequences of war. While David is vicious in battle, the chapter also shows the devastating consequences of war. Many lives are lost and the land is left in ruins. I don't think any of that really i mean that was a nice spin but i don't really think any of that would be taken from the, yeah I mean, unless you s- tell somebody that's what they're supposed to believe that's not what i got from it when you were reading it. i feel like that's generally how most sermons go though like you mm-hmm. you know what i mean like you read something that and then you try to tie it back into something that could deal with your life now it just doesn't really work so um that was a nice try but yeah but it, it does was- work because People are giving money every week. No, I'm just saying it doesn't work in your life. Like the, the uh, advice they're yeah. giving you. <laughs> the, the real advice yeah. they're giving you is like, we'll keep fucking with you if you keep bringing us money. And another thing, another term for that is pimping. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right. I think I'm still I'm still unconvinced that this is a good book. I'm still I'm not even on the fence. That was that was bad. Well, maybe you'll like this lusty story next because David's going to commit adultery with Beth Sheba. Ooh, you know, I love a sex story. Let's get steamy. Come on. We Uh, haven't had any like really good, you know, sex stories since Samson, I feel like. I I didn't even like that one, but all right. You were you were in a mood. I wasn't in a mood. It was just Samson. You were in a mood. I expected more. (laughs) I expected more. It that was, was an amazing know. story. It was, t- I don't know. I often look at, like, when we're reading these two, I think about, like, this being done in the style of uh, the movie 300. <laughs> okay. That's Anytime true. there's, like, a battle scene or something. So, I don't know. 
But anyway. But once again, you're you're further. That's further into the future because they had like all the you know steel and bronze and stuff. These people are still using stones and were super impressed by a sword. Yeah, I guess because that would have been a luxury back then for somebody. Yeah, that, like yeah. Have a, once again, a sword. like God didn't give them the secrets. Like, hey, you guys can start smelting. Um, yeah. Um, this God character too. I'm just, uh, I'm very unconvinced to his omnipotence. That's because right, we're in a simulation. We're basically just Minecraft. Yay! Um, David commits adultery with Bathsheba. In the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to battle, David sent Joab with his officers and all Israel with him. They ravaged the Ammonites and besieged Rabban, Rabbah. But David remained at Jerusalem. It happened late one afternoon when David rose from his couch and was walking about on the roof of the king's house. That he saw from the roof a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful. David sent someone to inquire about the woman. It was reported, this is Bathsheba, daughter of Eliam the wife of Uriah the Hittite. So David sent messengers to get her and she came to him and he lay with her. Now she was purifying herself after her period. Oh, they really put that in here. Uh, <laughs> I don't, okay, we're in New Revised Standard Version, by the way. I don't know if we said that at the beginning of we the did. episode. We uh, did. But, yeah. Then she returned to her house. The woman conceived and she sent and told David, I am pregnant. So David sent word to Joab, send me Uriah the Hittite and Joab sent Uriah the Hittite. When Uriah came to him, no, no, David, and Joab sent Uriah to David. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. And Joab, Joab sent Uriah to David. When Uriah came to him, David asked Joab and the people fared and how the war was going. Then David said to Uriah, "Go down to your house and wash your feet." Uriah went out on the king's house and there followed him a present from the king. But Uriah slept at the entrance of the king's house with all the servants of his lord and did not go down to the house. When they told David, Uriah did not go down to the house, David said to Uriah, you have just come from a journey. Why did you not go down to the house? Uriah said to David, the ark in Israel and Judah remain in booths. And my lord Joab and the servants of my lord are camping in the open field. Shall I then go to my house to eat and to drink and to lie with my wife? As you live, and as your souls live, I will do not. I will not do such a thing. Then David said to Uriah, "Remain here today, also, and tomorrow, and I will send you back." So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day. On the next day, David invited him to eat and drink in his presence, and made him drunk. And in the evening, he went out to lie on his couch with the servants of his lord, but he did not go down to the house. David has Uriah killed. I saw that coming. In the morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it to the by the hand of Uriah. In the letter he wrote, set Uriah in the forefront of the hardest fighting and then draw back from him so that he may be struck down and die. As Joab was besieging the city, he assigned Uriah to the place where he knew there were valiant warriors. The men of the city came out and fought with Joab and some of the servants of David among the people fell. Uriah the Hittite was killed as well. Then Joab sent and told David all the news about the fighting and he instructed the messenger. When you have finished telling the, king's, the, telling the king all the news about the fighting, then if the king's anger rises and if he says to you, why did you go so near the city to fight? Did you not know that they would shoot from the wall? Who, kill, who killed uh, Abimelech, son of Jer Jeroboam? Did not a woman throw an upper millstone on him from the wall so that he died at Thebes? 
Why did you go so near the wall? Then you shall say, your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead too. So the messenger sent and came and told David all that Joab had sent him to tell. The messenger said to David, the men gained, the men gained an advantage over us and came out against us in the field. But we drove them back to the entrance of the gate. Then the archers shot at your servants from the wall. Some of the king's servants are dead, and your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead also. David said to the messenger, Thus, thus you shall say to Joab, Do not let this matter trouble you, for the sword devours now and now another. Press your attack on the city and overthrow it, and encourage him. When the wife of Uriah heard that her husband was dead, she made lamination for him. When the morning was over, David sent and brought her to his house, and she became his wife and bore him a son. Nathan condemns David, but the thing, but the thing that David has done displeased the Lord. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, thanks be to God. So that was the line for the Lord. Man, um. And why couldn't he just tell David not to do that? Like, to me, that's a weird line to draw. Can I say that for the Lord? Because I feel like David's <laughs> biggest selling point was that he was so obedient to God. That's why God liked him more than Saul. So if God knows everything and knew David was going to do this thing, why didn't he tell him to not do it? Or tell him to go sleep with one of his many other wives? Or tell him to at least not kill the dude of the lady he's born, you know, the wife of, you know, like his lover's husband, like don't kill him. Like there's so many opportunities where God could have intervened if he's not just Im David's imaginary friend or Nathan's imaginary friend. Once again, where did Nathan come from? We're just supposed to accept Nathan's like, yeah. why? All right. Didn't I'm you ask sorry. this question last episode though? Yes, because I still don't have an answer. Sometimes he's they supposed to be okay. I don't know where things. he came from, but apparently, again, as I, I believe I said last episode, or maybe before, he's supposed to be the moral compass for David. All right. <laughs> he's Jiminy Cricket. Coolsies. I don't know, man. Um, yeah, David is further and further just. Becoming a fuck nigga to me. That was some whole ass shit. But he's getting shit done, though. He got that shit done. I mean, done. he is getting shit done. From that standpoint, like, I mean, yeah, okay. But, I mean, I don't know. I don't fuck with the whole, like, that was kind of some bullshit. And then yeah. he had to, to carry a message. I don't know uh, if you've ever seen the movie, uh, shit, why is it escaping me the name of it right now? Tom Hanks gangster movie. What the fuck is it called? Um. Anyway, there's a. say no. Okay, and he plays a gangster. <laughs> you know, Tom Hanks usually plays a good guy. Road to Perdition, Jesus. Oh, yeah, never saw that. Okay, anyway, it doesn't even matter what the name of the movie is because the point <laughs> I was about to make is I thought it was fucked up how David made Uriah carry a message to whoever he carried in it to. In the field, in, yeah. In the field, and the message, in, inside of the message is basically like, hey, make sure Kill Uriah. Kill this nigga. Yeah, and so in, in Road to Perdition, there's a similar thing that happens where mm. Tom Hanks' character has to carry a message to somebody. And the, it's a great scene because the person is like reading the message while Tom Hanks is right there and is like looking at Tom Hanks and also reading the message like I'm supposed to kill Tom Hanks. I don't know. It made me think of that. Was anyway, Tom that's Hanks a, illiterate? He didn't read the message. He wasn't. He was a good soldier, or he was a good oh, gangster. Like that's just, why I'd, I'd be a terrible soldier. I'm reading the message. I just assumed, you know, um, like David had, because that's my other thing too. So I'm like, so David could read, 
Like, how are they? How are they giving this message? I, I honestly, I zoned out a little. Uh, I mean, that's that tracks, but um, yeah, I don't know, man. I just I'm oh no, down. the the message he's giving is he was just telling them to be real aggressive on the field. Like he didn't directly say kill him. He just told him to put him. No, like, he said that. I'm sorry. He instructed He's, the messengers when you tell them to fight, and then the king advised, "Why did you go near the city? You fight? Did you know that when you killed him, did you not throw a woman? Why did you go near the wall?" And you say, "You're serving." No, it's before it. that. It's, oh. be, it's well before that. It's like he wrote, oh, you're right. He wrote a letter to Joab and Lord. Okay, you're right. In the letter he wrote, send your right to the forefront of the hardest fighting, and then draw back from him so that he maybe just struck down and die. Damn, that's some cold yeah, ass shit, man. Yeah, that's some fuck shit. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, and how do you not read the? You are right. Must have just been illiterate. Possibly, I don't. I don't know. But the thing I don't. I'm like sorry. About that is if, like especially you're because already... it takes days to walk, I would have deserted. And <sighs> I'm sorry. You're, al- you're already. Mm-hmm. You're already fucking this guy's girl. You're already uh rich and powerful is it not enough to just have that you have to kill him too like what the fuck is that um i think i think this is why before i might have gotten so riled up about like i just feel like people who do this they continue to do this i get people are nuanced but a lot of times when people are like violent ass fuck niggas that's usually their mo like they usually keep doing it and especially if they're unrepentant about it like david's whole thing is like god told me to do this i'm the best look at me dance but like he's like i feel like even back then this guy sucks everybody knows he sucks like everyone's like oh hell here comes david's people let's fuck him up before he fucks us up as a as somebody who's like i don't know and i think maybe I have a different perspective also while reading these because I'm really into narrative and storytelling, but also as somebody who does acting, it's like constantly you're taught not to judge your characters. First of all, like the characters you play. And so it becomes like this psychological thing where you're constantly looking at, okay, well, why would somebody do this? What makes, and then it becomes like, Oh, well they're very, this is very interesting that they would do this and that and that. that, that. So, I mean, this one particularly, fucks with me because i don't fuck with that shit that's some whole ass shit that david did i mean it is and i'm not an actor so i'm just dealing with people with how they are dealing with me i don't have to step in anybody's skin and so i'm if it's if that's why i'm just outspoken against this because this shouldn't be anybody's hero that irritated me because that was a big uh scene and remember i know you watched malcolm x Mm mm-hmm and when Malcolm X is trying to confront the honorable Elijah Muhammad about all these women he's getting pregnant and not taking care mm-hmm. of their kids. And then he's like, well, even God used David, who was what? Mm-hmm. And it's like, don't use David. And then, and I mean, as far as I can tell from that narrative, Elijah Muhammad and Farrakhan conspired to have Malcolm X killed. But oh, absolutely. you, you um, know, but that's the thing. That's, like, a, this that's is, a sensitive subject for me because that is one of my, heroes malcolm x absolutely oh, i was hoping you wouldn't say fair listen a lot of niggas still Fuck love no. farrakhan niggas love i mean farrakhan, farrakhan a smooth ass nigga but i mean mm-hmm. like i know a slick ass pimping ass preacher when i see one yeah like he i mean he is what he is but nah i fuck like i fuck with malcolm especially when you just read more about him and yeah what he was about that's why they oh also shout out to fred hampton 
Um, this His was uh, a couple days. A couple days ago, ago was the anniversary. It's the same birthday as Jay Z, but keep going. Oh, I was gonna say a couple days ago was the anniversary of his assassination. By I'm the sorry, he government. doesn't have the same birthday. He died on Jay Z's birthday. Got there it is. Yeah, that's where we're going with this. Yeah, he um yeah he was uh, killed, cut down at 22, just because he wanted to make things better for people, not just black people, a lot of people. It just so happens when you uplift, like when you get rid of a lot of the policies that are keeping black people down, you uplift a lot of other populations as well. Just so happens. That's so crazy to think of. Like, when I think about people like him and and Tupac, like, how early they died, and it's like, mm-hmm. fuck, man. Yeah. Um. Once again, because it's, I, I, I can't help but think, like, it's because we excuse stuff like David and the Bible as a good thing, as, like, a moral lesson. Like, there are plenty of people who still consider this the moral good in the world, and so that does make an excuse for murdering people. If you want their stuff. And correction, he was, t- Fred Hampton was 21. Oh, he was 21. So even God shorter, damn. God damn. Shorter. Thank you for the correction. Um, Damn. Peace to that brother. But that's the thing. Like you can very much like, um, um, what was that? I guess that was the movie Judas and the Black Messiah. I was just about to say, and if yeah. you're not familiar with Fred Hampton, a great piece of art, in history is Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, fucking phenomenal film. Yeah, because they actually worked with his Fred family Hampton. to tell the story, and I really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that I love that movie. It's so great. So you can it's get like, the real. Yeah, it's, like it's the, very well done. Lakeith Stanfield plays Judas. Mm-hmm. He killed that shit. <laughs> That's oh, not his real I, name. What? I mean, the movie's called Judas and Black Messiah, but Lakeith Stanfield's character is not named Judas. He is the Judas. I mean, he not. plays the Judas. That's what I'm saying. Like, I know, okay. I know. Like, it's just yeah, the, yeah. I know, like, Fred Hampton's name wasn't Black Messiah. It's a metaphor. And it, that was a very even metaphor. Because it's, it's the same thing. Like, Jesus was just a guy for the people who got killed on a holiday weekend. Like, or at least got arrested on a Halloween, or Halloween, who got arrested on a holiday weekend, and... Wait, what did you say? What? Did, I'm sorry, I missed the first part of what you said. I was saying Jesus was, I mean, it's a parallel because it was someone who was for the people who was killed by the power structure, hmm. the existing power structure at the time for challenge saying that there could be a better way and then they brutally murdered him in front of people I mean, and that, that was the thing happens. too like I mean spoilers but he was murdered in front of his wife like they and they ran up in his house and killed that man that's the other thing too he was laid down sleep in his bed and the United States government violated everything and just came in there and killed that dude for trying for talking yeah talking they didn't like what he was saying so they don't like the they don't like when the the niggas get riled up well and i mean in in and also you know encouraging people to arm themselves to protect themselves because if we're just now shining a light on police brutality it's not a new phenomenon which i'm firmly for by the way um also i think brother malcolm told us something similar i'm all for people doing that yes, but, but there's but a caveat I also lo- but i want to say because as someone who's gone to the mosque like for the you know nation of islam they do not allow guns in there except that one time 
What? Uh, what one time? When they killed Malcolm X. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was some bullshit. Because that's um, how you know it was an inside job, because they pat everybody down before you go up in there. Yeah. To have shotguns uh, as well. Yeah, they, uh, man. That uh, Malcolm X is, uh, so two great movies you were just giving. Malcolm X, Denzel Washington should have won a fucking Oscar. I don't care what anyone says. And, and Angela uh, Davis. Yes, and Angela or, Davis. And not Angela Davis, Angela Bassett. But yeah, give Angela yeah, Davis Angela one too. Davis. Just give her all the things. <laughs> <laughs> Angela Bassett. Yeah, that's a fucking phenomenal movie. And Judas huh. and the Black Messiah is really, really good too. Um, yeah, two of my favorite movies actually. Yeah, yeah, it's good times. I'm glad we could end on agreement. We're not ending. You have a whole nother chapter. No, I don't. You have twelve. We did ten. Do we I? did eleven. You still have twelve. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. You have twelve. You're, 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 you're right. I was, just, I was trying to play myself. Second Samuel twelve, and the Lord sent Nathan to David. He came to him and said to him. There were two men in a certain city, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing but one little ewe lamb, which he kept, which he had bought. He brought it up, and it grew with him and with his children. He used to eat with his meager, eat of his meager fare, and drink from his cup and lie in his bosom. It was like a daughter to him. Then there came a traveler to the rich man, and he was loath to take one of his own flock or herd to prepare for the wayfarer who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared for that guest the one who had come to him. Then David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. He said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this deserves to die. He shall restore the lamb fourfold because he, is, because he did this thing and because he has no pity. Nathan said to David, You are the man, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel. I anointed you king over Israel, and I rescued you from the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your bosom, and I gave you the house of Israel and of Judah. And if that has been too little, sorry, just checking something, I would have added as much more. Why have you despised the word of the Lord to do what is evil in his sight? You have struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and have taken his wife to be your wife and has killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house, for you have despised me. You have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Thus says the Lord, I will raise up trouble against you from within your own house, and I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor, and he shall lie with your wives in the sight of this very son, for you did it secretly. But I will do this thing before all Israel and before the son. David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan said to David, Now the Lord has put away your sin. You shall not die. Nevertheless, because of this deed, you have utterly scorned the Lord. The child that is born to you shall die. Then David went to his house. Bathsheba child died. Spoilers. The Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bore to David and became very ill. David therefore pleaded with God for the child. David fasted and went in all day 
lay all night on the ground. The elders of his house stood beside him, urging him to rise from the ground, but he would not, nor did he eat food with them. On the seventh day the child died. The servants of David were afraid to tell him that the child was dead, for they said, While the child is still alive, we spoke to him, and he did not listen to us. How can we tell him the child is dead? He may do himself some harm. But when David saw that his servants were whispering together, he perceived that the child was dead. And David said to his servants, Is the child dead? They said, He is dead. Then David rose from the ground, washed, anointed himself, and changed his clothes. He went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he went to his own house. When he And when he asked, they set food before him and he ate. Then his servants said to him, what is this thing that you have done? You have fasted and wept for the child while it was alive, but when the child died, you rose and ate food. He said, while the child was still alive, I fasted and wept, for I said, who knows, the Lord may be gracious to me and the child may live. But now he is dead. Why should I fast? I Can I bring him back? Shall I go to him? But he will not return to me. Solomon is born. Then David consoled his wife Bathsheba and went into her and lay with her and she bore a son and he named him Solomon. The Lord loved him and sent a message by prophet to Nathan. So he named him Jedidiah because of the Lord. Okay. The Ammonites crushed. Now Joab fought against Rabbah of the Ammonites and took the royal city. Joab sent messengers to David and said, I have fought against Rabbah. Moreover, I have taken the water city now then gather the rest of the people together and encamp against the city and take it or my or i myself will take the city and it will be called by my name so david gathered all the people together and went to rabbi and fought against it and took it he took the crown of milcom from his head and the the weight of it was a talent of gold and it was precious it was a precious stone and in it was a precious stone and it was placed on David's head. He also brought forth the spoil of the city, a very great amount. He brought out the people who were in it and set them to work with saws and iron picks and iron axes or sent them to the brickworks. Thus he did all thus he did to all the cities of the Ammonites. Then David and all the people returned to Jerusalem. Thanks be. Thanks be. I find it very interesting. You got to do some extreme shit when even God is mad at you for. <laughs> uh, well, okay, because the the moment I was thinking about like you know God being mad at what He did, um, having uh, Uriah killed and other things, um, it made me think. Well, is it only bad because He killed Uriah? Because doesn't God essentially later on get another man's wife pregnant? <laughs> so, I mean, isn't he that didn't kill him though he didn't, he kill, didn't him, kill him he let that nigga live and take care of his kid and his responsibilities I hope he broke him off some child support I love Neil Brennan uh, he has a bit about that he's like could you kick over a couple of Jerusalem dollars <laughs> no I'm raising your kid over here yeah. Um, yeah that's a good point though I guess the fact that he cuckold and killed a guy was a little too much for the Lord even though he a couple chapters ago order, ordered some genocides and like ordered like the babies killed and stuff and God killed a kid in this one too yeah he did which damn that was which to me is one of the things that bothers me because everybody else is just characters and David's the main character but the way my mind works is that everybody's life matters. 
And so just treating people like pawns is kind of messed up. Or the idea that if your kid dies, it's because God's mad at you. You must have done something bad. Yeah. I think to piggyback off that point, what made the video game The Last of Us Part Two so fascinating was because, you know, most video games like Grand Theft Auto and other open world games, you just kind of kill people and you don't really think much about it. Well, that was the first game where I was like, oh, they really, the way they did this story was when you killed somebody, you felt the impact because their friends and shit like that would react. It was, it was a very, it made me really be like, oh, you're, you're doing something that's not right. That was a very, that was the first time I ever felt like that in a video game. And to this day, like, I can't, I can't turn that off. And so, yeah, no, it's good. But it's like, I think we can attribute that to media, to other forms of media. Because, like, mm. people go to the movies. We watch horror movies and shit. I, for a long time, I didn't like horror movies because I was like, oh, this is senseless killing. Um, but people like seeing that shit. Like, the Scream movies, have you seen? I don't know. Well, you probably haven't. But the new ones are actually really good. They're also a lot of fucking killing. Yeah, I don't think I watched past the second one. <laughs> You saw the black I people d- die and then you were done? Well, I mean, it was... Oh, because Jada was in that. She was in that. Briefly. So, um, I just... I don't like watching people get murdered. It's just never been my thing. I, Even in movies I where I know it's about to happen, I generally close my eyes. I don't like it. Um, I But I feel like in... Especially, like, in American media, we're so desensitized to all the violence. Like... Yeah. It's always odd to me too that like people be super cool with violence but not sex, even though it's very odd to me. I would I have no problem with people having sex, but I do have a problem with people killing each other. I think people will have a a problem with sex is because it's awkward. Like you're awkward while doing it, <laughs> and then to watch other people do it. Speak is for awkward. yourself. I'm glorious. Okay, it's it. I think it makes a lot of people uncomfortable. And so that and, 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 it, and it goes back to like what we've been saying multiple episodes, anything that makes people naturally uncomfortable or inconveniences them in some way, people mostly steer against it. That doesn't mean that people obviously are not going to have sex. They just don't want to broadcast that they're having sex because they've been made to feel ashamed about doing so. Yeah. And I think that's that's bad. I think that comes out of purity culture, which is BS and actually makes things a lot worse. Um, oh, uh, shout out to the um, You Can't Go to Heaven in a Miniskirt podcast. I reached out to them, so we might be on there in April. Um, I heard about them on another podcast, The Thinking Atheist. They, um, they're they basically two um, non-believers who grew up in the Bible Belt. And mm. um, You Can't Go to Heaven in a Miniskirt is from like a, like a church song. But basically, it's just that idea of, you know, being a slut will make God mad at you. Um, not killing people. <laughs> if you kill the if you kill the right people, God will like yeah. you. But if you kill the wrong people, God will be mad at you. And if you're a woman and you fuck for pleasure and are fucking people that God doesn't like, then God doesn't like you. It's very tricky because it didn't take much for David to get back on God's good side either. He just <laughs> went in and made a worshipped, which is we've established barbecue. Mm. Um. And incense, I guess. And then he he keeps... Here's the other thing. 
and like I feel when like you this manipulate a girl. It's like when I you ver- manipulate a girl. And After it's you like, cheated on her. Yeah. And yeah, like, okay, yeah. here's some jewelry. <laughs> exactly. Here's something some jewelry, shiny to distract here's the food, you. Who's their food that you like? Yeah. I, I know And you. Um, I'm going to say those things, give you some attention, and then we'll get back. I'll get back to my bullshit. But yeah, um, I want to talk about Bathsheba real quick. Do you have time? Yes. Okay. So I think that Bathsheba is kind of treated like an object a little bit in this story. Like she doesn't have a voice. We don't really, she at least she has a name, but we don't really hear from her too much. Not even a good name, but whatever. But like, um, I think that was very coordinated. I think she planned that. I think she mm. knew that uh, David was a hound dog. Um, we can see now her husband wasn't very interested in her. You know, he came back from the front and he was like, I ain't trying to. He probably already knew what she was on. You know what I mean? So he was <laughs> like, nah, don't try to do a thing where you can pin that baby on me. So <laughs> I think she probably was part of the conspiracy to have her husband killed, if I had to guess. Um, I think she saw an opportunity to move up in the world and she took mm-hmm. it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not co-signing it. I'm just saying that's what it looks like to me. Get your coins, lady. I don't know. Yeah, that's and she gave birth to Solomon. So who, I mean, spoilers for people who don't know, he becomes the next king of Israel. Oh, he didn't get killed. No, he didn't because God wasn't mad at David anymore. So he let this baby live. Super good system. Okay, so next time on the Bible Breakdown, we're going to be talking about Amnon and Tamar. Uh, I remember this story. It sucks. Um, um, Absalom returns to Jerusalem. I think that one's pretty violent. And Absalom usurps the throne. Yep, that's what, yeah, that's how I kind of, I remember this story because this is David's kids acting up. Because I'm going to go out on a limb and say he probably wasn't a very good or attentive father. Yeah, most conquerors, rulers aren't. No, they're usually not around like that. And they don't get interested in their kids until they're old enough to marry off or um, become politically advantageous in some way. Which isn't how you should parent. It is not. So David... I'm just going to say it. I mean, we can disagree and it's fine to disagree. I don't think he's a good role model for any aspect of your life. I don't think we disagree. I mean, okay. <laughs> not in olden times and not now. I know people like to be like, well, you're holding him to a modern standard. It's like, it's like when men get mad about the Me Too movement, where it's like, well, it's different now. Back then, what's like, what? Back then, rape was cool. Like, this shit was. Henry, oh, also, uh, whatever reverse of whatever shout out is to Henry Kissinger, his ass died too. And. Um, uh, that's the. the uh, war crime uh, guy. And he was trying to talk like, oh, you know, uh, at one point he says something to the effect of human rights wasn't a thing back then. It's like you've got to be at when we talk about like Vietnam and Cambodia and stuff. It's like you're out of your mind. Human rights has always been a thing. Just because you weren't paying attention to it doesn't mean that like, oh, oopsie doodle. It's like or just people yeah. now it's like, well, it, you waited too long to say something. It's like, I don't care if you got right back in the 90s. It's like, no, it was really messed up then. And it's really messed up now. I agree. I agree. Thank you. I mean, I don't have any rebuttal to that 
Yeah, I, I think um, for everyone who gets upset at us for doing this, no, it's not to upset you. It's just because this is bad. <laughs> and you should know. I don't know if that's going to convince them. but Well, I don't think any... I'm not, once again, I've told you, I'm not trying to persuade anybody. I'm just trying to let people know how I feel about things because Lord knows they have no problem telling me how they feel about things. I agree. Thank you. Um, okay. What well, we did next time, um, Bible Breakdown Podcast at gmail.com. And um, your body belongs to you. Get mental health therapy. And also, it's equally important. Be curious, not judgmental.